Good evening, all, and welcome back to the Thrill Me podcast, episode five. I'm your host, Adam, and sitting beside me once again is horror fan and the uh, number one fan of 90s uh, boy band C-Note, Jared. Well, they, again, my favourite gag, they qualify as horror, don't they? <laughs> they do. <laughs> just, just for everybody um, who may not know C-Note is, we'll just take a quick pause and I'll give you a little taste of what, they, uh, what they've got to offer. After our salting our ears with that rubbish, we better move forward quickly to what we've been watching. Jared, have you actually been able to move past the Robocop TV series yet? Look, I've put it on the back burner. (laughs) Um, I finished, I'm up to about episode five or six. I just put it aside just to knock over a few movies this week. And uh, I saw The Purge and The Purge Anarchy. Thoughts? They're kind of they're kind of silly, like the idea that this one night of crime kind of eradicates the rest of crime for the rest of the year is a little bit silly, but it's a great setup for a film. Just basically, just that that idea of one night where anything goes is a really cool setup for a film. The first one didn't kind of do it justice i don't think it um and this in some of the reviews i, I read on it, it it just pointed out it's basically just a home invasion film there were portions of it that worked like the i felt the lead um the lead fella at the front door that was talking to him was really creepy he's yeah. an aussie bloke too, uh-huh. i believe i believe he's in uh, home and away he was also yeah, creepy in that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that sort of stuff he he kind of worked yeah. but then didn't sort of pan out, and it was really unsatisfying to finish off. I would agree there. Second the one was far better. Second one was far better, and it kind of went into a little bit of action territory. So it was it was kind of good, a bit of yeah. horror, a bit of action, but it also went into some really cool things, uh, almost like where movies like Hostel went, where yeah. you get you know elements of rich people paying to kill, yeah, I like that, kill show. people and stuff like that, and it was a Far better film. I thought it was a lot more interesting. Um, uh, again, not a, no classic, but uh, yeah, if you're going to check out one of those movies, check out the second one, and I think you'll be pretty happy with it. And I don't really think you probably you probably don't even need to see them in sequence. No, essentially well, the the same. You, you could see the second one and stand alone from the first one. Yeah, because they they, they would, tell you the same elements yeah, of what the purge matter. is None in the sequel, bar one minor crossover of a character. There's nothing. Mm. There's nothing else. Um, and that kind of, even in the second one, just plays like a cool nod to the people that did see the first one. So I, I recommend checking both of them out, uh, but the first one's probably a little bit little bit disappointing. Second one, really good. Yeah. Uh, I went back to one of our favourites and the, the inspiration for the name of the podcast, oh. Night of the Creeps. That's a gem. Yeah, look, elements of it have aged pretty poorly. <laughs> But overall, it's still a whole lot of fun. And Tom you, Atkins never aged. Yeah, and if you grew up <laughs> in this, Atkins if you grew up in the, in that sort of period, um, and know the kind of stereotypes of, of the, the football nerds and the and the um, fraternity guys and stuff like that, it's a whole lot of fun. It's a cool movie, and uh, it's 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 no surprise that um, the director and writer has connections to Shane Black. There's the guy yeah. that did um, Iron Man three. There's very much that type of 
style of writing, very much well, Shane like the Black. Shane Black type of stuff. He's been involved in a lot of stuff that we yeah, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, your last, your last um, Boy Scouts and your Lethal Weapons and all that sort Long of Kiss stuff. Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, yeah, and the last one I watched was uh, Troll Hunter. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Worth, yeah. a, worth a look. It's a bit of fun. Um, What's that, Norwegian or Polish? Uh, or? It escapes me at the moment. I can't. I You're a tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, they were speaking some sort of language. I think it was European. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's worth a look. It kind of takes the um, Blair Witch approach, I suppose. It's of, got a found of, footage. Yeah, well, it's got the found footage, but it also introduces it with uh, you know, this is uh, the, these tapes were were found and things like that. Right. Um, Again, probably the ending was a little bit unsatisfying, but uh, overall, I enjoyed the movie. Okay, pretty cool. I went down. To, I went into B territory for the for the uh, for the films I watched. What I didn't get deep enough for you. <laughs> I went. I went to Deep Rising, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was great fun. Piranha Three D. Love it. Yeah, I must admit, for some reason I thought it wouldn't be as good because on the big screen it was it was great funny with all the 3D stuff. You know, it was the classic 3D of shoving things at the lens and stuff. But it was gold. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's ridiculously stupid and the storyline's inconsequential. No one cares. It's just, it's just an excuse to have all this happen. It's just balls to the wall. But what it does is Fun. it delivers what you were expecting, which is the gore, the, the nudity, all that stuff. Jerry O'Connell acting like an absolute fool. <laughs> he was the best thing about it. Yeah, he was. And then he gets his Eli penis Ross came off. off. Yeah, <laughs> it was Eli Ross is standing around hosing women down. And then I also went to went and watched Dog Soldiers as well, which I think is actually highly underrated. Like I think it's a really good movie. Even even if you view it from a B movie perspective, it it works. But it's actually a bit better than that. I really enjoyed it. I think Dog Soldiers is a, a real find. Unfortunately, I wasn't as big on Neil Marshall's later films, like The Descent. You know, it's yeah, got, Descent's yeah. got a really high rating. Everyone seems to like it, but I, I found it pretty average. I know we disagree on that because mm. I watched The Descent first time and didn't really dig it, but the second time I absolutely loved it. And mm. I think it's a really good movie, I reckon. You might need to get I back may on need that. To look, I may need to look back on that one. Perhaps see it in a different line. All right, we'll take a quick break. And then we'll get into our main event, the 1982 slasher cheapy Madman. There's a legend in these mountains of a killer. Inhuman. Insane. If you so much as whisper his name, he will appear. And if he appears, he'll be the last thing you'll ever see. Madman, rated R. 1982's Madman. Quick synopsis. Group of kids at a summer camp, terrorised by this legend of the camp by the name of Madman Mars. That's pretty much it. Mm. Think a cut rate Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's being uh, pretty, that's probably been pretty complimentary to it. Yeah. Okay, a little bit of cast and crew info. It was directed by Joe Ganone, I think. That's how you... That's how you say it. He has no other directing credits. Uh, produced by Gary Sales and Sam Marion. Now, uh, Mar- Sam Marion has no producing credits, and Gary Sales has produced a TV show called Grapevine and The Girl on the Train. I did not look into these movies. I don't know if they're any good or not. 
It was written by Joe Ganone and Gary Sales. Neither person has any other writing credits. I don't want to give him one for this. (laughs) It stars Galen Ross, who was using alias (laughs) of Alexis Dubbin. Question marks. I can only understand. I can only assume she was looking to perhaps distance herself from this film. She actually starred in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, didn't she? She didn't want it. She doesn't talk about it. Yeah. She, she, she was actually in Dawn of the Dead and Creep Show, and now she directs documentaries. And, and as Jared said, I think she has disowned this, this movie. Tony Fish, who plays TP, um, he has no other acting credits, but he did provide the vocals for two songs on the Madman soundtrack. Soundtrack, you say? I know. I'm not, not sure whether it was released on vinyl at any stage, but he he was he sung "Song of the Fifth Wind," and I don't need words. Uh, I'm assuming you, they're in the film. You need acting lessons, though. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> I don't need words, but I need acting lessons and singing lessons as well. He performed under his actual real name, which was Tony Nanzata. I think I've. Butchered that as well. You need pronunciation <laughs> lessons, I think. And, of course, there's Paul Ellers who plays Madman Mars. He's done some short films and narration work for documentaries. The budget for this movie, I believe, is estimated to be 350000 The box office is really hard to find out. It's not tracked well. On the DVD, uh, the, the 25th anniversary DVD, there's a screenshot of... It's first weekend, I think, or it's or it's second weekend in theaters, um, and it had over a million dollars, but it doesn't. There's no sort of tallied up box office anywhere. I'd say it was somewhere between the one and two million dollars in in theater box office. It was actually quite a hit when it arrived on video. I believe it became a bit of a cult hit. Now, Jared, general thoughts and a. Score out of five, please, for this movie. Yeah, look, I know when we started this podcast, we didn't really want to be too negative about things, but it's really hard not to about this movie because it's terrible. And it just baffles me because it's got this cult following and this reputation. Even now I look at some reviews and things on the web that praise it and it's just awful. There's really not a lot to like about it, um, and I like I don't want to I don't want to tee you off, but oh, we'll get teeing off. I'll tell you now. It's I can't recommend anything about the movie, even to even to slasher fans. I mean, I know we came across this as some sort of hidden gem, some underrated underrated gem a long time ago. And I remember seeing it a while ago and thinking, oh, I didn't really like it that much. But we went. I went back this time around, you know, fresh set of eyes, thinking I was a lot younger then. Things have changed. My tastes might have changed. <sighs> but it was worse <clears throat> oh. this time around. It's just terrible. And I've got to give it a one out of five, and I think that's pretty generous. <laughs> Garrett, I'm angry. And I think it's because... I was a bit of a defender of this kind of stuff. I wanted I wanted to watch these movies again and feel the nostalgia and say that was all right. But this is just horrendous. Jared, with slasher films, you can go two ways. There's two paths in a slasher film. You can either go for a really classy bit of work, so Halloween, Scream, a really good, well-written movie, 
with the gore and everything in it too. But it, it's a really good movie and it's well well regarded by everyone. Or you can go the other route, which is provide the things that are required in a slasher movie. Sex, nudity, gore. The spuds and burger. Spuds and burger, if you want to call it. Friday the 13th, The Burning, The Prowler. This is what they offer. This movie has fails to even go down a path. Like its protagonist, it's wandered off into the fucking woods <laughs> I think it, I think it was trying to go with that Friday the 13th one, but oh, I'm with you. It fails dismally. This is zero. I'm giving this half a star out of five. And look, we're saying this as... Slasher fans. Yeah. You don't I, need to give us a lot. To... I cannot. <laughs> oh. You might need to take a sedative or something before we go any further. Or just What did we like about this movie, Jared? Okay. Anything. Well, I came up with something just because I felt like I needed to have something to like. Um, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. The way... Madman Mars looked when you actually saw him. I didn't mind it. I thought okay. it was. I thought that could have worked. And um, a, a friend of mine who also enjoys the same sort of movies pointed out that it's kind of like Victor Crowley from Hatchet, Hatchet yeah. but a long time before, obviously. Um, and he's right. It's got a lot of that to it, and I think it kind of works. Well, you know, it's because part of it taste works. in overalls. Yeah, <laughs> well, the overalls. Look, he looks like a bit of a, a caveman or something. And <laughs> although you don't see it much, and the effects aren't particularly good, hmm. I think it's kind of effective. Hmm. Um, another one that was was sort of brought up um, a lot of times in in what people liked about the movie was the the. The look of it, there's a kind of creepy vibe where a lot of it's got this sort of blue hue to it mm. to go, go against, like, you know, the, the green forest areas that they're walking through and stuff like that. Um, I'd probably give that a little bit little bit in the positive. I'm going to counter. Probably because I had to dig real deep. To I'm going to counter the blue life. hue, and I'm going to say the blue hue is just from... Piss poor filmmaking. I'm just trying to be the good cop to you, I know, bad cop, I know. because I know you're not happy. Look, the, the only thing I liked... Is the house is kind of creepy? The house he lives in. Really, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, because it's got you know. I thought that was pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're in sync at the moment. <laughs> no, but I, th- I felt the house was kind of creepy. But let's get let's get to the dislikes because this could be long, right? Um, if you want to pause it and get a get a cup of tea or yeah. a drink or something, do it now because it could be lengthy. Oh dear. It's um, a terrible movie. I can't say it enough. I, I, I think we should break the dislikes down into sections, Jared. That's okay. how many we have here. Let's start with the camp. Now, I went to camp. I worked at a camp in America, right? This movie, <laughs> and admittedly, I did not live. I did not work in a camp in 1982. But this movie is the worst representation of camp life I've ever seen. Ever. Where are the kids? There are none. <laughs> There's I mean, about there three. There seem to be it? none. When they're at the campfire, I thought it was just a group of counsellors. Like, at least Friday the 13th had the gumption to go, right, the counsellors are here because they're fixing to join up. There's no kids. They're not here. These guys haven't bothered to explain it, except for they give us a title card about how this is a camp for the gifted. <laughs> Gifted? How and why? Yeah, look, this was one of my big problems. Was kind of like 
And I don't know, it's probably nitpicking, but why are you going to the lengths to give us a title card that we're at a camp for the gifted and then never, ever mention it again? Never. Why does it have to be a camp for the gifted? They're at a camp. Who gives a toss if they're at the camp for the gifted because it doesn't play any role in the film whatsoever? I know. None. None. Like, You've just wasted money on a title card. <laughs> You're hoping in a, in a decent script, maybe the kids... Would would take some initiative, you know, if they were gifted and smart, and maybe they take some initiative in the third act and help out. That does not happen in this movie. No one else helps out. Well, we know it's we've established it's not a it's not a camp for gifted writers and filmmakers. We know that much. <laughs> no, I would. But not. look again, I said it's probably being a bit pedantic, but in good writing, um, every little thing like that that you drop or you, you draw attention to actually has a purpose, and yeah. that had no purpose whatsoever. It's got a it's so got it got a, us off on the wrong foot. Was it there going? Where? What's what's the, this gifted business? Where are these? And it never really showed up. We just forgot about it. Mm. It just kind of gets jettisoned. And as as Jared said, there's five kids. There is double. It's two to one. Is there five? Did you count? I didn't count. I reckon there was about two. There's three boys. There was one girl at the campfire. One girl at the campfire. Oh, I'm scared. Yeah, she's there. I think there's a second girl. There's five. Maybe it's one to one care or something. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's a gifted care because there's. They're not. But they didn't tell us this. They didn't give us anything. (laughs) They're certainly not gifted counselors. If the movie is anything to go by. Now. Nothing ever works in this joint. Flashlights, hopeless. Cars, forget about it. <laughs> you turn the turn the bloody ignition. All you're gonna get is well, it works on and off. It kicks in occasionally and then just drops out. Yeah, there was one particular bit where not only is the the girl banging her flashlight because it stopped working, but then she jumps into a car that doesn't start. It's kind of yeah, it was laughable. She's trying to get flashlights and cars going at the yeah. same time. It's like, you know, rubbing your head, tapping your head and rubbing your yeah. belly at the same let's be, time. Let's just be a little more selective with when things don't work yeah, other yeah, than yeah. nothing working. <laughs> uh, bloody hell. Now, as a, this, the movie starts with a campfire scene where they tell the tale of Madman Mars and this douchebag gets up and he, he throws a rock toward Now, I don't know how far away the campfire was from the camp. It was never really... It, does, it doesn't seem like they were... They were double timing for that long when no. they were going back there. So I'm thinking, let's go with a few hundred metres from camp to campfire. Something like that. And this, this idiot throws a rock at the house, Madman Mars's house, and it smashes through his window. Now, so basically they've put a campground within throwing distance of a psychopath's house. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> um, but the other thing too is like when this happens, the guy that's running the camp is telling the story like it's some sort of surprise and nobody goes, what? You mean that house over there? Like, it's just everything is just baffling about what's going on here. And as I've, I've already said, we're slasher fans. We'll accept some of this. But the whole suspension of disbelief was just stomped all over. You can't, you can't cop any of it. My favourite bit of that is, uh, don't even whisper his name. What's his name? I can't tell you. 
Maybe Mouse. <laughs> he just kind of flips it out. Then this idiot gets up and starts going, hey, bad man. You know? yeah, yeah, but then, you know, he knew that that was his house and I'll throw a rock through the window. Oh, What's going on? <laughs> or was he not supposed I don't get it. Maybe he didn't know the house was there and the rock would just uh, flew for just miles. Harmlessly and... roll it. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. Let's get to the characters. Okay. What characters? They, <laughs> they, they were just names, weren't they? <laughs> well, they weren't even full. There's about eight counsellors, I think. I, 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 I got three names. Three names. Yep. Betsy, the, the main girl, who disappears for mass stretches of the film. <laughs> she's our final girl. Well, she's, she's kind of supposed to be the final girl, but she's just... She's the final girl, but she's not the second and you know second act girl because she's not what we say. So TP, what act? There wasn't a second act. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. TP, who's Betsy's squeeze or you know boyfriend, who I believe um, has to apologise for his conduct down at the campfire. He 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 gets a bit heated. With Betsy and there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of a brouhaha and then he, later on he decides to get up in front of everyone and apologise for his actions. And then there's Richie, the dickhead who was throwing rocks through house windows. Yeah. Right? I got the other names but not during the movie. I ended no, up just seeing them let's, later on. Let's just break down the room. others. There was um, Jay Peterman. There's <laughs> a guy who looks like Jay Peterman out of Seinfeld. And talks like him. And talks a bit like him. You got the... Camp owner who every time he speaks, he sounds like Rick Dees from the top 40. You know, he's like, well, I'm going to go and uh, gonna go and try and win some money. <laughs> hey. You know, he's just, he's just incredibly bad. We then have the mustachioed lover boy who looks like a cross between Dick Dastardly and John Holmes, Dick Holmes. <laughs> We got the girl who plays, brings the recorder to camp. Yeah. Instead of bringing, don't bring a guitar. <laughs> Let's bring a recorder. What? And there was, there was one other girl. That's yeah. the cast, right, isn't there? Yeah, there was Can one. I just go back to the recorder for a second? The recorder shows up in one of the most <laughs> inconsequential scenes I've ever seen in a movie. She's sitting in a, in a dinghy playing a recorder Purely so we can get a shot of her, like she scrambles up this this riverbank, and there's nothing there's nothing remotely difficult about, about it. it. There's nothing difficult about it. All of a sudden, we get the synth, like making some sort of drama out of getting up the riverbank. And oh, here we go. Who'd have thought? Madman Mars's hand shows up in shot, and then it's over. What was going on with that one? And then she just turns around and, of course, Man Man Mars after oh. basically coming out directly behind her, she gets to the top of the riverbank, which only took about two seconds, turns around and looks down. What, Man Man's done a commando roll or something? Well, he's gone. Of course, we expect that. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's a, that's a classic He's Jay. rolled out of frame. That's a classic Jay Voorhees. It is. Please. It's true. Um, I mean, Voorhees but, would have been behind her. Yeah, <laughs> but... Um, but the whole scene, it's just, this is what this movie is all about. The whole scene was attempting to create some sort of tension or mm. drama and there was nothing there. She's playing a frigging and, recorder and, and can't get up a riverbank. <laughs> 
for no reason. There was no reason for her to be there. <laughs> anyway, let's just, get back just, to the characters. Just to put people in the picture too, whenever Madman sort of part of him appears, like a hand or a foot or something, it's followed with... It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous growly. Yeah, it's like he can't stay quiet <laughs> until... He needs to stay quiet. <laughs> we don't hear his lunking footsteps, <laughs> and we don't hear him. Go- then he's then he's basically he's he's sidling up to people when they haven't even got a clue he's there. You know, yeah. oh god. Back but to the, characters, back to the characters. So we've got Dick Holmes, we've got Jay Peterman, we've got Recorder Girl, we've got the dumbest girl in history. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but she she really co- doesn't cover herself in glory. And then we've got this chef. I think he's the chef. Yeah, well, he's the chef. I, I don't think we're ever told that, are we? No, who cares? Oh, he's he's a drug. He's fodder. <laughs> and we know he's fodder from the get-go, but jeez, uh, even for fodder he's treated badly. <laughs> <laughs> he receives no more than maybe a minute and a half on screen, does not say a word. As an actor, you usually uh, you get your script and you... You'd think most actors would get a script and go, flick through it, looking for them. Mm. He's going to be like... He got a post-it. Yeah. He said, they just said, look, we'll just give you a page later on. Yeah. And this is one of my problems. I know, I understand we as horror fans don't necessarily need a lot of this great storytelling or any of that sort of stuff. I need something. At least, give need me something. A, at least give me a reason why he's there. <laughs> give me something. Give me one scene where he does something. So at least I can get a taste of him and I know what he's about. It can be a two-minute scene and then you can kill him. But this movie seems to think that we have to have a kill here. This movie seems like it's been deliberately put together to the template but with absolutely no character development, no necessity no. for any of that. They just feel, well, we've got Nothing, to have a kill here, not here, even, here. Not even a... Not even a mildly legitimate reason why someone is by themselves in the woods. Like it's just stupid. just stupid. Oh, <laughs> just look, douchebag Richie, the one who throws the rock and starts yelling names. This cock starts the whole thing with his antics, then wanders aimlessly around the forest for the entire movie. The entire Doing movie. nothing, saying nothing. And look, here again, <laughs> here's one of my problems. We've established that the house is within, within throwing distance of, a, of the campfire, which was, you know, within jogging distance of the actual lodgings. Yes. <laughs> but this peanut is walking around all night and nobody, he doesn't know where he is. Nobody knows where he is. <laughs> Like, it seems like it's within about 100 metres of each other. I mean, you could stumble through the bushes and just... Oh, hey, Richie, how you going? Jeez. And suddenly you'd be in the camp. Yeah, You basically. can't possibly tell me they were k's away because they weren't. Now... Yeah, exactly. Richie, to me, looking back on this movie, if you wanted to rejig it, Richie's your first kill. Well, he should be. He goes to the house, in he any, starts looking around. In any movie that had, that was... Had any idea? That's what he. He starts looking around. Everyone else is gone. Madman. This is the first time we see Madman. Boom. Because he's the first one to see Madman, and that's why he wanders off. It makes no sense why he's wandering around the forest all day. No. All night. No. It's 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 just it's useless 
stuff. Now, the dialogue, Just calm down. Take a breath. I know. I'm trying to... Yeah, you do it. Serenity now. The dialogue. It's either rambling crap about nothing in, in an attempt to sort of give us some character development, hence the TP incident down at the campfire that he has to apologise for later. It's, it's meant to sort of give us some kind of character development that they had a summer fling and, you know, it's just crap. Again, none of the, right, none of the, <laughs> none of the dialogue leads anywhere. It's just, it's just inconsequential chatter between two people that happen to be together in this inconsequential scene <laughs> before we get someone else killed. And that's what the problem. That's that's why the movie sucks so badly. <laughs> and if they're not just having in, inconsequential conversations, they're walking through the bushes going, Richie, TP. Oh, well, don't, there's there's um, one particular Jay Peterman, one where, where the girl walks out. Because this it's got a really bad habit, this movie, of, oh, Richie's gone. I'll go and find him. Hmm. Okay. Oh, geez, TP's been looking for Richie for a while. I'll go and find him. I'll myself. come with you. Yeah. No, it no, gets no, to, no. It gets to the <laughs> laughable point of where one of the girls walks out and goes, Richie, TP, and then the, one other name of someone yeah. that's, like, she's literally yelling Peterman. out three names <laughs> of people that have just wandered off to find other people. That's four characters. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. The hot tub. Your favourite scene, uh, I believe. Would I be correct? Yeah, or maybe yeah. your second favourite. It's right up there. There's this sequence where TP and Betsy meet up at the hot tub for some shenanigans. The music starts. I believe it must have been one of these songs that Tony Fish was singing. And they slowly... Take their clothes off. Very slowly. Slowly. It, it, it's supposed Could to you be say seductively. seductively. No, no, we couldn't. We but couldn't it's stiff there. as a board, just <laughs> like him. Right? They get yeah. their clothes off. They even have this ridiculous shot where they're taking their pants off over their ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got a shot of each each of their ankles. Uh, obviously, One there was hers, nudity clauses. Then, yeah, yeah. And then his ankles and pants drop around the ankles. It's just. Oh. And then, of course, they're finally in the uh, in the um, hot tub together. They sort of circle each other again. It's kind of weird. I'm not really sure what they're doing. Well, so you've just assumed that they were in there to for for a dalliance of sorts. Maybe they were just looking for a game of Marco Polo. Or something. <laughs> it, was a, it was a workout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marco and Polo. <laughs> they're just sort of circling each other. <laughs> Meanwhile. Man, man, Mars is standing outside the window going, I don't know, pulling himself off or Look, something? he seems to be taking up the whole window. <laughs> but, of course, they don't see him. Yeah. Nah. This hulking sort of They don't hear him, cave, man. They don't see him. And then the absolute kicker of this scene. Now, my parents used to tell me you don't put your head under the water in a... Spa bath, obviously an old wives' tale. Hygiene? They were hygiene, but you'd burst an eardrum. Total crap. <laughs> but we we cut back after Madman's been standing outside going... And <laughs> carrying on. We cut back to them, and they're in the spa together, but they're under the water, and then they both come up. And she goes, you didn't let me finish. Finish what? <laughs> yeah, it was... Was there a blowjob happening? What was going on? It was almost, again, like another another piece of dialogue that was just 
you've got to say something. Yeah, look, that's what I took from it. Yeah. It was clumsy. It was clumsy, but it's almost as if you need to say something. That scene is just, it is just one of the most embarrassing things I think I've ever seen. Honestly. It's pretty ordinary. It's pretty bad. The second thing you expect from your, your slasher film, gore and interesting deaths. And effects. True? And effects. You know, yeah, you, you need... Preferably the effects are pretty good. Most... That's something that, this is something that put Friday the 13th over the top. Yeah. From, you know, separated it from... And, and let's be honest. The gore can be substandard, or not substandard, but it can be below us. Yeah, no one's expecting Savini type effects. Yeah, look, I'm not necessarily a gore hound, yeah. but I like a you know to, a creative ways of knocking yeah. the characters off and a use a use of a number of and weapons I, and and I like. appreciate someone like a Tom Savini who can make that sort of uh, thing as we've described it previously, like a bit of a magic trick. Yeah, you know, how do they how do they make it look like that? You know, but the effects in this movie. <laughs> Again, yeah, substandard. Very substandard. Like, very substandard. I mean, I actually remember them a lot, thinking they were a lot better than that. But they're terrible. The beheadings are just, then they're, they're a non-event. You the know? blood it's looks like, like tomato soup. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really sort of, it's a different type of red. It's a really bright red. The beheadings, you know, if someone gets beheaded and they fall back and you just see the old... Jutting blood coming out, but the stump just looks. It's just. Oh. There's no real change ups in the deaths either. It's all just axe work or. There was the one, uh, the hanging one, which I, you know, it was a bit different, something something different. And there was obviously that, the bonnet. Yeah, other than that, it's just your pretty sort of standard, standard fare. The beheading by the car bonnet is the one kind of interesting one. It's different. It's not what you would have expected. Well, you did kind of expect it because she was standing she under was a standing car. She was standing jiggling, jiggling around in the thing. This scene, just to, you know, he steps on the bonnet, she's under it. It comes down and it cuts. It's a, obviously a bonnet that's got a hook at the front yeah. and it comes down and it cuts her head off. Yeah, look, it was something different. It, it was, was something different. Cuts her head off, right? Then these other two idiots <laughs> use the car. Right? They, they jump in the car. There's mustachioed. Well, well firstly, John Holmes they're jumping in the car that they found there, abandoned. Yep. They don't they're notice not concerned the... About, they're not concerned about who actually drove the car out there. No, no, bugger that. Let's take the car. Yep. There's copious amounts of blood over the front of the car, but no one notices. Didn't see that. They get in the car, right? They turn the ignition. They hear this... <laughs> Kind of disgusting happening. Mustachioed Holmes, he gets out of the car, comes to the front, notices the blood, opens the bonnet. There's this woman's head. Now he, he barely bats an eyelid. Basically, he's taken aback briefly. Don't come out here. Of course, the dopey bird gets out and goes ah, sees the head. <laughs> he grabs a towel or a rag or something, grabs the head off. <laughs> just dumps her in the bushes. I could just see it. Him on the on the phone to NRMA roadside assist. Oh, I'm having trouble getting my car started. What have you done? Oh, I jiggled the part of the engine with a with a uh, screwdriver. Did you remove the head from underneath the box? Oh shit! I haven't done that. Sorry. I'll better get on that. He chucks this thing in the bushes and then he gets in the car with the missus. 
turns the ignition, car starts up. He then turns to her and gives her a kind of <laughs> like a smile of kind of like, "How you doing?" It's, yeah, it's odd. He is subsequently then yanked out the window and has his back broken over Madman Mars's head. Mm. And again, we couldn't find some other way to make him pause. Like, maybe he could have paused when he had a, a decapitated head in his hands. Yeah. But no, no, we'll just hoik that into the bushes. <laughs> then we'll get him in the car. When he's in the car, let's just pause for a sort of, you know, hey. a tender moment and a bit of a, how you doing to the missus? Oh, just another another little little gem that this movie has, has given us. <laughs> There's so much more, you know, like one character, this this... Idiot girl who's with um, Holmesy. Well, let's not call her an idiot girl. That's a bit unfair no, because true. every character in the movie is, is an, an idiot. idiot. <laughs> but she takes it to fair heights. Well, she was with Holmesy, who's displayed himself to be a bit of an <laughs> he's idiot. A bit of a so mom, they were a yeah. good pair. But when she gets chased by Mars, she runs into the, I guess it's the kitchen or the, the mess hall. Mess hall or whatever. <laughs> he's hot on the hammer. He's on a tail. She races down to the mess hall, opens the fridge door, looks around for somewhere to go, can't find a hiding spot, opens the fridge door, tosses everything out, and gets in the fridge. (laughs) In the fridge! Come on! And then Mars comes along. Obviously, he looks down and he thinks, Eggs. Bacon. Juice. She must be in the fucking oven. And he walks off. Yeah, see, I took this. <laughs> watching it now, I How took it a go? little bit differently. Not saying that it was a good idea to jump in the fridge, was but it? I was taking it differently in that he maybe he, you know, he was walking off to, to, to lull, lull her out. To a false sense of security. Um, Couldn't he have just <sighs> grabbed the... Fridge handle and open the door. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He seems to be like a, a, a super strong guy. He could have torn the whole fridge Just door open off. the fridge. Chuck it over in the corner. And get the job done if that's what you're trying to do. But, he, you know, he wanders off and then we're left with another minute to suffer through the idiocy. And uh, Oh, my God. The fridge, for God's sake. the fridge? <laughs> How wow. about you look? I'm sure there was a back door. Surely. Maybe I'll just keep running. No, no, no. I'll jump in the fridge. Maybe. Uh, there must have been a back door. Must yeah, have even been a window. I don't, know. I don't know. Must have been walled up the whole place. <laughs> <laughs> we are two minutes into this movie, right? And they're telling the story of Madman Mars and, and the like. And then they start showing us snippets of the movie that are going to happen in the future while he's telling mm. the story. And it's like, Why? Yeah. It's almost like the, you know, the start of, uh, I believe it's Friday the 13th final chapter, where it re-shows the um, campfire scene from part two, and it shows you all these, while he's telling the story, it shows you all these little snippets of the first three films. It's like that for a movie that has no preceding films. Yeah, <laughs> so I, it's showing us future events. I couldn't bring myself to go back and watch it after the movie was finished because I didn't want to didn't no. want to dedicate another minute to it. To find out. Um, but... So I don't. I honestly don't know. Looking back, whether they showed all the people that died, they don't show their deaths, but they do show. But this is what I mean. Did, did they show all the people that 
that died or did they show any of the survivors? Not trying to spoil anything. No, I don't but, think um, they spoiled anything. But no, they no, showed... no. What I'm saying, I'm not trying to spoil yeah. anything. I'm saying, did we, did they show a mix or did they show just the people that died or anything like that? I don't really know and I don't care to go and look back. <laughs> but again, it was a little bit of a weird choice. They were just showing faces. Yeah. So they, tell, they, did, they telegraphed that all these people were in the pool, but we knew that. We're watching a slasher called Madman, for God's sake. We expect them to be in the pool. Yeah. Do we need to from, know? From, from minute one. You're we... in the camp. You're in, you're in, the, in the poo. So do we need to, to see your face from later on in the film? No. I didn't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right. Let's get to Madman himself. You, you like the look of him. Yeah, I look. If there was one thing I could give it, I thought he looked kind of cool. For the for the character that they created, and let's face it, Madman is the best fleshed out character in the whole bit of work. Yeah, because he's got he's a backstory. He's actually got a backstory. <laughs> he, he killed, his, a little he killed bit his, about his wife him. and kids and then got hung. He got two minutes. Vigilante. He got two I love minutes, the fact uh, that they say we they took the law into their own hands and they hung him. The guy murdered his family. <laughs> The coppers were probably thinking, stuff it. They can just hang the guy before, you know. It will take a bit of vigilante justice on this dude. Yeah. I uh, think, yeah, he's he got two minutes dedicated to his backstory, which is more than anyone else gets, and they never bothered to, to advance any characters throughout the movie. So, yeah, he is the, he is the best fleshed out character in the in the movie. One thing I forgot and to say about I thought he other, looked all right. Yeah. yeah. One thing I forgot to say about some other things – prior to talking about Madman, is that they're trying to build tension with these sequences where, down the stretch, people are walking along with, you know, the, the main girl's walking along with a shotgun and Madman might just pop out of the bushes at any time. I believe um, a corpse of one of her friends pops out of the bushes and gets her head blown off. <laughs> but, but to build any tension, you've got to be, I think, cutting between, you know, showing some coverage getting a bit of coverage of, of what she's seeing and stuff and, you know, Madman could leap out into the into that or come up behind her or something. But they just have these long sequences where the camera's basically just following her backwards and so she walks towards something but you don't really get a taste, feel for where she actually is and where the tension might be. There's no music, there's nothing. It, yeah. it, it's kind of just like this. Like I'm, I'm not even, you know, I don't necessarily even know if it's coverage. I just think it's... Anything. It just a, it's just a really, yeah. Any was, other the, angle. The attempt to create any tension was was poor. A and POV shot looking at her as she's walking would, would do enough. Anything but a bit of investment in the characters. Yeah. We're not invested in anyone. There's, and, no, there's no investment in the characters. There's no, the tension, as I said, it's so overly obvious that it's trying to be crafted like my favourite scene where she tries to get up the riverbank and it's, it's, yeah. Oh, let's throw a synth in there for no reason. You've telegraphed that Madman Masters there after you made this. I keep using the word inconsequential, but everything about the movie is inconsequential. You've tried to make this scene tense by throwing a bit of music in. I mean, there was nothing there, and any tension that you might have created with his hand, you've telegraphed it with a bit of synth music. Like it's just. <sighs> Ham-fisted all the way. <laughs> it's almost like just because this movie was made for $350,000 does not mean they couldn't have done numerous takes of her perhaps walking towards the car or whatever. It's almost as if the director's gone, followed her for, for, for a minute, 
okay, do you want to do it from the opposite direction or do you want to do another angle? Nah, stuff it. Don't worry about it. This movie would have been shot in, in, in quick time. It would have been a 20-day or something like that or less. But it's not a dialogue-heavy movie. It's not a character-heavy movie. So really all you're doing is shooting the the violence and the and the, the scares and stuff, allegedly. Because the dialogue's, yeah, that would have taken two days to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and when there is it. dialogue, you're <laughs> just saying, just come on. Like, yeah. get, get past this because you're not giving us anything here. That's right. There's nothing. Madman. You, you like the look of him. I thought he looked yeah, like the father from Duck Dynasty. I, I'm not a Duck Dynasty fan. So I, I know, can't but say, uh... he looks like that guy mixed with an old Santa Claus. But that works for no. me. <laughs> <laughs> and he just has this awful habit of every time we see him, the, the, the actor's trying to, to show he's menacing and that by constantly balling his fist and moving his fingers like he's the wicked witch or he's he's a Vegas showgirl. Like he at one point there's a thing where they're driving a truck, I think, or a bus. Yeah. Bus. And they drive it around and, and Madman comes out into the into the lights of the car. And he, he did said he's doing jazz hands. He's going <laughs> like this. And he runs across the road. Oh, he skips. There's a couple of scenes where we see him skipping through the woods and all the time going, making all this noise. Except when he turns into Mr. Stealthy. Yeah. You know, nobody, I, nobody knows he's there. But then when he's finished killing them, he can't help but walk around and, and growl and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, can I just ask you a quick question? Yeah. If the dad from Duck Dynasty jumped out of a bush in the dark and, you know, grabbed you, would you be scared? Oh, I think you probably would, wouldn't you? I'd probably wear That's my effective. pants, I'm sure. That's effective That's enough. effective enough. <laughs> was there anything about the movie that you didn't think was ridiculous? No. I don't like this movie, Jared. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and, and look, I, look, I've got to say, I'm extremely baffled by the number of people that still like this movie. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why we're doing this dialogue is, this podcast, sorry, is to have a dialogue on this. And we're not putting anyone down. If you like this movie, hey, that's that's your thing. I mean, I, I enjoy Jason X, for example. I'm sure nobody <laughs> else, I'm sure nobody else likes that. But uh, I just, I don't know what it is about this movie that people like. Other movies that I don't particularly like, I can see reasons in them that people would like them, like, say, the gore or something that might not necessarily appeal as much to me. This one, I can't see anything that anyone would like to consider this some sort of classic. I read a review online where the fella said this movie was, for him, up in the handful of his favourite slashes with Halloween, The Burning, Things like this. I mean, to put this movie in the same category as Halloween, Halloween is, is just offensive, Jared. It's it offensive. is a little bit. This is, and I know. Look, I, I'm sounding harsh, but if you like this movie, tell us, email us. Yeah. Why? What is it that you like? What is it about missing? this movie that? Yeah, because I don't know. Maybe we missed it. And if you like, if you do like it. That's great. That, that that this is for you. That's, yeah. That's that's cool. Just let just email us. Let us know. Open up the dialogue so we can have a bit of you know healthy debate. We're not yeah. putting anyone down. This just yeah. The way we see it is everyone's entitled to their opinion on this film. Unfortunately, my opinion and and Jared's opinion are that it's pretty bad. Yeah. There was it's nothing. There's really nothing in this movie for me. No. Let's just go to a bit of a break. Do you have? Have you said? I enough? think I've. 
unloaded have my you spleen. Have you vented? Far enough on this movie. So we'll just we'll have a break and get you. Have down, a break. Get you down to the hospital. Get, a, get, get, my, get me. Get, get my blood pressure. Get your blood right pressure down. Get levels. your heart back into a normal sort of rhythm. Yeah, and then we'll go into our discussion topic, which I think we we can both say we're very um, keen on discussing, which is actual video stores. Says there's no beauty in destruction. I don't think there's beauty in any kind of destruction. For any reason. I'd say that depends on the reason. For as long as our reason stays reasonable. That's the most frightening thing about us humans. Our discussion topic from t- for today is the rise and fall of the video store. I think a film like Mad Men made its money on video... Uh, and became that cult classic that it obviously seems to be because of its life and, and longevity, I guess, on, on, on video cassette. You know, that that was where I, I think I first saw it. Yeah, me too. When it was on video back in the 80s, I think. Maybe I the late 80s. It, I didn't see it in the 80s. I saw it in the 90s, but I'm pretty sure it was still. Because I was, I think I was in about time. year eight. So it may have been 89 or, or 90, but it was on video. And you know what? That was probably a big place for horror back then, video. Not every slash, certainly with slasher films, not every slasher film was going to the cinemas. No. And not every slasher film was being picked up by a big distributor like Paramount Pictures. That's why Friday the 13th made so much money. It got backed by a, a legitimate you know, movie company. So most of you know, your, your bargain basement stuff was getting put on video and it found a life. Yep. It found a home on video. Personally, from a nostalgia perspective, I thought video stores were just great. You know, like yeah. I and really I, had a, a there's an affinity for them. You say that you know most of the horror found a life on video, and I think it's fair to say that most horror fans now also found their hobby through video stores. Yeah. They found those horror movies through the video stores, so it was sort of you know worked well for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Regard. I mean, I just remember that. Good old days of going to school when I was in primary school, and you know I'd get dropped off early, and we'd you know we'd we'd go down to the the shop, which was like a hundred metres from the school, and nothing was open except the video store. So the only one, the only thing to do while you're killing time was to go into the video store and look at some of these video cassettes. Yeah, and, and mostly I, you were drawn to horror. And for me, I got being a few years younger than you. I, my path to horror was through yourself mm. and your brothers because I would go over to your house and without fail there would be a nightmare in Elm Street or my a My parents are doing a, a shit job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or something like that from the video store yeah. uh, laying around before you figured out how to copy them and just keep oh, a copy for yeah, yourself yeah. and that sort of business. But, mm. Um, yeah, so my avenue was was through you, and then to the video store myself. You know, so um, and I was visit, visiting video stores at that time, but not necessarily venturing into the horror section because I was a bit young. But yeah. as you said, you you kind of just you gravitated towards that way once you found that. And I think that even with the advent or bringing on DVD stores and everything, yeah, because you've still got some of them around, there wasn't the same feel. There's something about being in the video store. You had your you had your arcade games up the front, 
So it was Double Dragon or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was big. Street Fighter. Golden Axe. Golden Axe. What was that one that we loved? Um, it was like Street Fighter, but it was, um, well, it pretty much was Street Fighter, but it was one of those scrolling ones or Double Dragon. I can't remember what it was called now. Like Vendetta or something like something that. Something like that, Vendetta, yeah. Um, you had them up front. You'd have your new releases along the wall. Then at the further back you went into the store, you went into your sections. Action, horror, thrillers, yeah. da 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 And this was a pretty common layout for the yeah. stores. That Most of them were pretty much the same in their setup. Of course, you had your little dark room in the back where you had your, your pornos and your stick films. I, of course, never ventured into that room. <laughs> Look, just like any porno joint, there was guys in there with <laughs> with long coats on and stuff. It was yeah, you, nobody went in there. You looked around before Again, you went in there. I didn't see this. This was all when you were sticking. <laughs> if your you head opened the door, the you black, went. <laughs> you were sticking it, your head past the black curtain and yeah, see what was in you'd there. You go in there. Then but, there was another another small <laughs> section. There was another small section. Probably a smaller section. Yeah. In the 80s, there was obviously the war of VHS versus beta, mm. your, your, your type of video. I believe, now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but beta was the better quality. Superior technology. It was superior. It was Beta was made by Sony. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, I think beta's problem might have been that they, A, they didn't put out long recording tapes. Yeah, I don't think, I think you had to hire things that had two tapes. Yeah, and and... VHS jumped onto the wagon of it's a one tape system. You can you can tape a TV show or a movie for three hours. Yeah. They, they started putting those tapes out, and that took off. Uh, the porn industry had a lot to do with it. The porn industry went with VHS. Yeah, and that pretty much pushed. Well, again, you'd know more about that than I would. That pushed <laughs> in the VHS's favour. So you had another room. Next to the stick room, <laughs> which was your beta room. Yeah. By the time it really took hold in Australia, <laughs> the beta... The beta, <laughs> the beta room was room about was... the size of a linen closet. Yeah, it was very... It was a very small section, that mm. one. And then just disappeared completely, obviously. Now, Jared, my parents did not own a video recorder when they first hit. We hired one. Yes. The first time we ever hired one... Was my eighth birthday? Yeah, well, that was the that was another hallmark that when it first when the video stores first took hold here that not everyone had one. So, so yeah, a guy would turn the, up in a van. They had the they had the VHS there for hire. He, he this dude would turn up with a van. Yeah, and he'd have hireable players, and then he'd have a heap of cassettes in there. And we, for my eighth birthday, we hired Jaws and Puss in Boots. Right. Of course, Jaws only got through the first five minutes and then we had to turn it off. <laughs> so Puss in Boots got a run. Excellent. So but, that, would you say, looking back, that was probably a waste of your money for your eighth birthday? Possibly. <laughs> um, I believe we watched we'll Jaws shun later. One of, we'll shun one of the great movies of all time and we'll watch Puss in Boots. I'd say because we were eight years old and shitting in our pants <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when the girl gets torn apart in the first five minutes. We didn't know it was a classic. We didn't Or we assumed was, Jesus, I'm yeah, scared. I'll, I'll give you a pass there. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we, we weren't, I believe, the video, we hired it once and probably it was another year or two before we actually bought one. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't uh, 
think we ever hired one. I do remember hiring them, but not necessarily at home. I think we hired them, as you said, like at birthday parties and things like that. Yeah. I remember um, at home we always had one, but um, the first one did have a cord attached. I believe the remote control had the cord attached and it had about three buttons. Oh, was, we were uh, a bit lucky. Our, um, ours was, the first one we ever bought was battery powered. Oh, didn't right. have it. What I liked about, the other thing about videos was, certainly the video recorder we bought, videos were no, because video was tape, tape could get caught. You know, it's not like putting a CD in where the CD is, it's got like a laser thing on yeah. it and it's playing that. It actually had to run the tape. You had to the run head. the tape through the head and the problem was the heads, they'd get dirty and all this kind of, you had those, yeah, those tapes you'd put, squeeze the water yeah, in squeeze it. Yeah, squeeze the heads. total bullshit. They weren't working at all. But we had one that was, um, whenever it got um, a little bit, you know, it, the, the, the picture got fuzzy or whatever, Dad used to come over and go, bang, on top of it. You <laughs> just hit it, and it'd be up and running again, <laughs> right? So it had taken Real a bit technical of, work. Technical work, yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't exactly hire a technician to look into it. He just smashed it over the top. And the problem was it had got sort of bent at the top. So being a young man at the time of video cassette, at school there was pornography going around. And I got my, my hands on this. I know the name of this porn. It was called Every Woman Has a Fantasy. Everybody had watched this thing. So it turns out. Are you sure? Or are you just, again, just you? Everybody had watched it. It was doing the rounds at school, right? So I get it. I whack her in there one day and watch her mum and dad out there. After perusing this, probably would have been the first porn I ever saw. I go to eject it. It comes out three quarters of the way out, but because of the bent lid, it's stuck. Now, usually what you do is you'd press it again, you'd press the, the tape. Yeah, put and the tape back in. Yeah, and it would just it blow on it. <laughs> you'd push it back in and it would put it would usually pop out. Of course, this didn't pop out. So I'm going, right, okay, keep you cool. Keep you cool. You got time. Uh, I get a um, screwdriver, and I think, okay, I'll just take the lid off, and I'll just manually pull it out. And I'm halfway. I've got the lid off. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remove this thing because it turned out the actual tape was caught as well. I'm trying to remove this thing. What do I hear outside? The slamming of doors in the driveway. Fuck! I am pulling. Seriously. It was Sorry, like you didn't really thing. you didn't really clarify what you were pulling. Oh, no. <laughs> I was pulling the video. I wasn't pulling myself. I'm pulling this video out, and I can hear them walking up the. It was like diffusing a bomb. I'm trying to. I get this thing out. Put the cave cover back on. Jim, I'm sweating and stuff. <laughs> Well, again, you come in. Again, here you were sweating I before. Mum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad come in, and here I am in a pool of my sweat <laughs> in front of the video player. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I hadn't had the time to put the put the screws back in. So a day later, of course, I hid the porno inside a cover that said Robocop. Because <laughs> I thought, Mum and Dad won't look at that. 
Next day, Dad goes to me, where are the screws for the video recorder? Why is the case loose? And I just went, I don't know. <laughs> I probably blamed it on me brother. Well, you got two brothers, so you probably Yeah, did. so yeah, eventually I just sort of said, uh, you know, I don't know. But oh. well, I can imagine if your mum had have come oh. in and you, <laughs> you hadn't uh, got <laughs> the tape removed... You probably wouldn't uh, yeah. be here doing yeah, the podcast I'd today. Yeah, um, I'd be in some strife, I would have thought. She yeah. wasn't a big fan of that kind of stuff. So, so one of our other favourite things from video stores was being duped by video covers, or even better, the trailer for a movie. Oh, I loved it. Into seeing something that was absolute crap. But after you'd seen the trailer or the cover, this thing was a must-see. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would have got duped a million times by all these. And, and back then, there was all sorts of random kind of things out there because video was the place to dump all this stuff. Yeah, and you'd be, you'd look at the cover and you'd think, this is great, this looks great. I've, I've got to take it. I've got to take it now. Of course, the cover would be uh, highly deceptive. There'd be nothing to do with the movie. Or even better... Uh, again, because all your interaction was through the videos, we didn't have the net to watch the trailers or anything mm. like that. If it was one of these low-budget ones, chances were the only way you had seen the trailer was on another one of these low-budget pieces <laughs> of crap. Yeah. So you'd catch the trailer and you'd get the voiceover, you know, the one guy that did voiceovers <laughs> for the horror movies or the action movies or whatever, and you again, I've got to have this. I've got to see this movie. Yeah. And it was a piece of crap. You'd race down there to see if you could get your uh, hands on it. No one else wanted to get no it. No one wanted it. <laughs> so there was always a copy, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they had the, the old gimmicks of the last 15 minutes of this movie will make your head explode or something like that. They're and talking you, about how it was the scariest thing ever. Yeah, the scariest thing ever. Psychologists have said this will put you in a home or something oh like God. that. And you'd be fooled. You'd be duped because you had nothing else to go on. Unless you were one of the, you know, the few people that could get your hands on some of the magazines that were coming over from the States. You used to love getting the Fangoria. Mm. But again, at that time, by the time you got the Fangoria, it was a couple of months out of date. So you'd get down and you'd see the movie and discover it was a piece of crap and then you'd get your next issue of Fango that would tell you it was a piece of crap. But this was the thing. Fangoria had the... Was was in the business of selling these movies. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't get. So they were duping you too. Well, not necessarily duping you, but they were doing what they were supposed to do, and that was they'd be doing a piece on the film and they'd be discussing its merits and and talking about what was happening and who was in it and everything like that. They weren't telling you it was a piece of crap. The other thing too was there was nowhere to find that information out. That it was crap, no. like you can today. Like you could type, especially in. in Australia. It's not like we were in America where these these things were close at hand, and we would possibly get entertainment tonight or something that yeah. might have something about some of these movies. Exactly, we were very removed from it. When we got this information, it was very much second hand. So the video store was your first port of call. You know, yeah, you just sort of turned up, and you it was like a lucky dip. It was. You were basically just. Lucky dipping because you didn't know what these movies were unless they were the big theatre films that you had either already seen or you had to wait. How? What was the what was the turnover time? Oh, it was months. It was, it was like it was, six months. It was a long time between a movie being in the cinema 
and then coming to possibly to longer. Video, it was long. I think it was twelve months. months. Yeah, it could be close. Because to it's, some, it's 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 several months to go to DVD now. Um, no, no, it's not that much. Well, it's got to be a month or two, sure. A month or two, or under iTunes. You just back then you were waiting a long time to see these things. Yeah, much longer than now. I reckon twelve months is probably a better estimate. The other thing that I I, I actually sort of found disappointing with DVD stores and the like as as it moved on is the no, lack of posters. Back in the video days, posters were everywhere. There was posters plastered all over the joint. Walls were covered. And you you put your name on them. Put the name, put your name on the back if you wanted it. Yep. <laughs> and then you'd turn up and you'd you'd hope that they'd give it to you. Mine were you. Yeah, they were tattered and torn. Yeah, and, they weren't up to scratch. But, but again, at some points you couldn't get these anywhere else. I mean, when I actually started probably buying a couple of the posters was more at the point when you could, you, you had other avenues to get these, yeah. but you couldn't get them as cheap as a video. No. So we weren't paying two bucks. Like I remember plastering my wall with like a Scream 2 poster that I got from the video store for two bucks. Yeah. You know, if I wanted it anywhere else, I was paying 25 I wasn't, I, mean, I wasn't shelling out 25 for nah, that. Nah, yeah. God, no. Um, and that's the thing. Today you can get on eBay and you can get all sorts of stuff. You well, it is if you want to, you can, you know, if you're not worried about the copyrights or whatever, you can just bloody print it out yourself at home. If yeah. You're really keen. So, whack it on a massive bit of sheet and there you go. Yep. I think another part of it, and, and look, it's still relevant um, in today's, yeah, in, 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 when you go to the DVD store to get something, there's usually a, a large portion of the new releases. They'll put a certain number. On the shelves. Well, look, let's let's uh, let's just throw it out there. You're one of the few people that are still going to DVD. Well, stores. no, not anymore. Unfortunately, the, my my local has gone under. Well, that's this is that's why we're talking about this because mm. I I have seen two video stores that I frequented recently go under. Yeah, and since I moved back here, two more that I didn't frequent because I've moved past that mm. have gone under. Yeah. Let's face it, it's it's. It's a dying. It's a dying. It's it's gone. And um, even people that are fond of it like us don't do it anymore because it's an inefficient way to get your movies. It's not particularly cheap anymore. Well, um, look at it. Back in the day, you know, Batman, say, came out. They'd have 20 copies. Yeah, right? and that was the only place to get it. Yeah. The if, only place. If you know? they didn't have it, you got the sorry I'm out and you had to either reserve it or you had to ask them, has one come in? Have you contacted the people who've got them? Da 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 da. And usually no thing. one was dropping that thing off at six o'clock. Well, oh, this is the thing that I miss. I remember you would have the schedule and you'd have that thing marked on the bloody calendar. Batman's coming out today. <laughs> you jump on the BMX, you get built down, down to the video store, bang. I'm I'm just about, you know, first in the door. Still <laughs> you'd be hit with the Sorry, I'm out. out. You know, I didn't understand at that time how things worked. You know, they weren't coming back till six o'clock. Yeah, (laughs) I I quickly cottoned onto that. But you know, you'd get down there and you'd get the sorry, I'm out. And uh, as you said, you'd reserve a copy and you'd be, oh, gee, the next day back on the beach, get a phone call, straight down there, get off your gun. Ah, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, your copy has not been returned. (laughs) Um, 
So we don't have one for you. They stiffed you. Oh, and <laughs> they lied my, to you, Jack. My favourite was getting down there and getting hold of the last copy. Oh, there's no sorry. I'm out tag on this one. You beauty. I'm, I'm getting the movie that I wanted and I'm watching it tonight. Then you get up to the counter. Hey, yep. Thanks very much. They'd nick off to the little library in the back. Yeah. And after about a minute or two, you'd start to sweat and think, yeah, well, something's happened. wrong here. <laughs> and then they'd come back and say, oh, yeah, um, this one's out. We just forgot to put the tag on it. Uh, oh, you'd crushing. Want to, you'd want to go back to the store and start throwing videos uh, off the shelf. It would be crushing stuff. But, yeah, it's completely different. This The, the whole instant well, um, instant gratification that we get now just didn't exist. You had to wait your turn for this <laughs> thing, you know. How dare they? <laughs> yeah, you didn't just you didn't just on a whim say, "Geez, I wouldn't mind watching this," and nip onto iTunes and yeah. and just get it. And I guess know? that's the that's the positive from the current way of doing it. Well, that's why these you do things not that... have to wait for these things. It doesn't matter if ten people, fifteen people are downloading at the same time. It and this is matter. why video stores have gone under. As although we're being very nostalgic about it, it's just not the best way to do it anymore. No. When you've got a good internet connection, you can just get these things so many other ways and like outside of doing it illegally, you know, the Netflix model is is the way to do it now. Yeah. You know, you're you're paying less you're queuing up you all those things to, you're interested you in. You don't have to get Anywhere you just do it all from home. Yeah. You don't even need you know your TV necessarily. You just nip onto your iPad or something yeah. and watch it on Netflix. You know, so this is why these stores have gone under. It's not the best way to do it anymore. No, yeah. and and back then it was all there was. You weren't in a, a position to get it any other way. It was you didn't a, have choice, and, and and you could buy it, but the prices of, I think of buying them were far more than they are now. Yeah, like, way like, more. Like if you're buying a DVD today, you're probably paying fifteen. Yep. If you like, probably less. Have a well, hell of if you wait it out, if you wait it out, um, any of these movies you could probably get for ten to fifteen. Yeah, bucks. that's right. You get on them on Blu-ray, a sale and you know? Blu-ray. Back then, you were paying thirty, thirty-five, more. probably fifty. Some of them you'd go, yeah, the hard to find ones. You were paying like forty dollars at that time. Mm. So forty dollars, you know, twenty plus years ago. Compared to fifteen dollars today, yeah, yeah, it's a big. I mean, and, and even in the video stores, I mean, to get these videos, and you know, you'd see it occasionally. You'd, you'd get a case, and they'd accidentally have left the label on. They were paying one hundred and twenty bucks up front. Yeah, you know, that, that's oh, how yeah. they were making. That, that they had to, they had to hire that shit out. Even when you <laughs> could, well, even when you could buy them fairly cheaply, I think they were bound by some. Contract uh, sort or of something? some things that meant they had to pay more for their copies because they were in the business of hiring them out, which I you know I don't understand the ins and outs. So, but I remember seeing the bloke that ran my video store in Kmart purchasing five copies of you know the Butterfly Effect or something like that, <laughs> and thinking you sneaky bastard, you, you're ripping us off, you're, you're selling us a story here, but you're making out like a bandit on this stuff. <laughs> He uh, was he was he was dodging an absolute asshole. <laughs> I stopped going to that store very quickly after a run in with him uh, over something that was not my fault. But anyway, we'll move on. And I'm glad you're out of business, you prick. <laughs> we'll continue. Look, 120 bucks for one tape it was five dollars to hire. I think wasn't it overnight. At those times, uh, you have to hire probably that even thing out. less. You know, when when those about four dollars, some of them, and they they went up to about 
I remember at their peak, it was six to seven dollars yeah. a night. So probably around that time, yeah, four to five bucks. You have to be hiring that thing out twenty odd times before you're getting your money. But what about you know Batman? Profit. You got twenty copies of Batman times one hundred and twenty bucks a copy, oh. but. You're making your money out of that, which shows you what if, sort if of... You, yeah, if it's getting high, and it was. The, well, you know, Batman, using that as an example, because that that's a probably a really good example of something that was prime time in, in, in that era. Yeah. It was probably the biggest thing going at that time. That was getting hired out. That was out constantly. So you're saying, you know, 120 bucks, $5 a hire. It takes a while. But they were making their money off that. Yeah. You know, it, it was working. That was working for them. So that was getting hired a lot of times. Exactly. And then, of course, they'd palm off the copies. Once the, once it died down a little bit, they'd palm off the copies for a few bucks here and there. Yeah, they'd sell them off. So, so that, I guess for the big ticket movies, they were making their money back yep. without doubt, and they were making profit. Another thing that made videotape hiring an interesting endeavour was the fact that they used to, each videotape had a little black, was like a little tab. bit of plastic, a tab yep. on the side. Now, you didn't break that off. No. No, sorry. It was broken off. It was broken off, so yeah, you couldn't yeah. tape over if it. You, if it was broken off, you couldn't, couldn't tape, tape over, over it. Yeah. But being the you know, tech, technological wizards we were, we would get some masking tape. Get a sticky tape and fix that. <laughs> Put it over the top. Well, some people would stuff a cigarette butt. Yeah, yeah. Stuff a cigarette butt do, in there. They'd do all sorts of weird things and cover it up so they could tape over it. So occasionally... You'd hire some shit, and then turns out there was <laughs> absolutely nothing like what you was. You'd Did hire. you ever cop this? Did you ever cop something? I believe that you that we taped copped. Over? I can't remember what it was. I don't think it was fully taped over. It was half of it was taped over, and I think it was the second half. <laughs> so yeah. we got all the way halfway through this movie, and suddenly, and then you were hit with a disappointment. It's like, oh, what's going on here? A uh, a friend of mine at work hit me with the the tale of. When he had searched high and low to find a particular movie, I think it was HG, uh, what's his name, HG Lewis, uh, two, 200 Maniacs. Oh, yeah, HG, yeah. Um, he was looking for 200 Maniacs for a long time. Is that, that's right, 200 Maniacs? I, I keep getting confused because the remake was There's a lot of Maniacs. Re, the remake <laughs> was 2000 Maniacs. I'm pretty sure the original was 200. Yeah. It escapes me at the moment. But, yeah, he was looking for it for a long time and he said, Finally, him and his mate found it, and they've you know raced home, watched it, chucked it in, and similar story. You know they've got a little bit of the movie, and then some peanut before them has taped over it with a Man. game of rugby league. <laughs> he even remembered that it was a Canterbury game. He was still the memory still sort of haunting him that much. <laughs> it was frustrating. And see, I copped it once. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember you couldn't it go once. back and. Kick up a stink. Well, you could. You could. You'd get another hire. You get another hire, but but you didn't. But you weren't you getting were. that movie again because <laughs> some idiot had taped over it. Yeah, exactly. Time. And they were saying, "Look, we're not going to pay to get this movie again." Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like in the in the in the sections that we were hanging out in the horror section, the action section, they didn't give a rat's ring. That they were just like, "Well, okay, that one's that's a dead, that's a dud, that's gone." Yeah, they weren't rushing out to get another copy. Because most of those films were on the one copy, that, that they were one copy only. They didn't have any others, so mm. it was a real kick in the teeth if you if you track something down. And yeah, you know what? even more of a kick in the teeth if it was later in the movie, like you yeah. guys. <laughs> and and you know what? 
I was a, I was a member of about twenty video stores at one stage. I was every video store in the near vicinity of me. I had a card. At. Well, you know, we live in a, in a place where the furthest the furthest away is half an hour's drive. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to drive from one side of town to the yeah. other, and at that point there was one in every suburb, so yeah, it was conceivable was to have that. Up. Many. I, had, I had a million of them because I, I needed to check every sections, every every um, video store's horror section. Yeah. Because there were different tapes at different video stores. Now, you, like me, probably coming from a similar background, mm. I'm a bit of a stickler for the rules. I used to rush back to get that video back there by 6 o'clock to avoid the late fees because I didn't want to pay an extra – I didn't want to pay the $5 twice. <laughs> Little did I realise that most people, if you had it back by about 7 o'clock, they oh, yeah, no worries, it's – but well, I would just, I'd just like, be, I'd be racing down there to get it by six pm to make sure I wasn't copping the late fee. Oh, for sure. But was there also, wasn't there also a fee for not rewinding it? Yeah, some places. A non rewinding yeah, fee. Yeah, a couple of, couple of non rewinding fees. That's bullshit. And that's well, that's it. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> that's we, not that. I'm, they I'm had, not happy with that. One. Oh, I remember the rewinding machines. They all, yeah, all these video stores had two to three of these things. Yeah. And they used to have piles of the return tape yeah. that would just go rewind, bang, bang, rewind, rewind. Um, and that, you know, that was another thing, the disappointment of when you did get one of these things and you were so excited to watch it and then you got home and it wasn't rewind. Yeah. Rewound, sorry. That extra that extra two to five, two to five minutes, minutes to rewind no. that thing was torture. <laughs> you wanted to just start it. I want to get in. I want to watch this film, but no, someone's going to rewind it. Ah, yeah, some inconsiderate peanut beforehand <laughs> couldn't hit the rewind button. They were probably too busy rushing down to get it back by 6 o'clock. That's what I think. Yeah. There was a lot of that. That's kind of how they made a bit of their money too, was charging it for all these random things, you know, not yeah. getting it back on time, not rewinding yeah. it, da 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 The store that I frequented the most was pretty – it was small business. It was before the sort of franchises hit and took over that. They were pretty good with that. You had a pretty good rapport with the people behind the counter. They knew you, you they were their bread and butter. They also so if they you. slugged you with the rewind <laughs> fee too much, you probably weren't going back. Yeah. So they were pretty good with that. We never really got hit with the fees Plus, too much. the thing about the local video stores was that they got to know you and they got yeah. to know what you were hiring, what kind of things that you were interested in, and they tend to steer you in the direction of movies that you might want to watch. You know, yeah. It, these days in any video store or any DVD place, it's a little bit sort of sterile, I guess. They don't, yeah. they're not going any further than what they have to do, which is take your tape, scan it, take your money. Yeah, it, there's it's, very, it's very few, uh, very few specialty stores. Even in, uh, even where when I lived in Melbourne, which is you know probably it's one of the two biggest markets in in Australia. Uh, one of the two biggest cities, obviously, it it didn't even really have any of these specialty stores anymore. Mm. And they, and when they did, it, it was sort of running with one or two staff members there because it's just not a, it's just not going to make you money anymore to sell sell DVDs and that sort yeah. of things. So but the, 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 especially that that niche market one. But the onset of DVD also, I think it took away one of the really sort of interesting parts of. The video store, which was all the gimmicks. And they had gimmicks galore. They had, I remember one, I think it was My Boyfriend's a Vampire or something it was called, and it had a coffin on the front, and it had like a case 
that had a plastic thing in it which was full of blood mm. at the front. Yep. Um, there was a Fright Night 2 box that was shaped like a coffin. Yeah, the you Green know, Ninja Turtles video. Cassette. Yeah, this stuff was was a way of trying to get people. You were yeah. getting people through the case. Look, it disappeared, but it made a funny kind of uh, return in a way when the sales and that for DVD weren't that great, that all of a sudden everything had a special edition that, uh, you know, Transformers had a case that transformed. Yeah. Or um, now you can get, you know, a special edition of so-and-so with a statue in it or yeah. um, the Evil Dead box has come out now it's shaped on like Blu-ray, shaped like the Necronomicon, Necronomicon and comes with a um, another sort of replica as well, you know. So it made a funny kind of rebirth out of necessity, I suppose, or... or because you know, companies trying to make that money back, but yeah, back then it was again, it was out of necessity because they needed you to look at the shelf and look at their thing first. Yeah, but it was it was such a cool thing. And to it was see about flogging your your film to, I guess you'd say, people who were caught up in look at the cover; it looks awesome. It must be a good movie. And again, like we said before, that's all we had to go on. So if you saw a cover that had blood in the cover, that you was, thought that, you know, was awesome. you thought that was great, and you were picking that up yeah. and taking it home straight away. And and these covers also sort of kind of there was always one or two that kind of creeped you out. Yeah, it just every time you went in there, you sort of saw it and you you wanted to get it, but it was creepy. You weren't sure. For me, that was a. a a movie called Rocktober Blood. Mm. It had this guy on the front and he, he's holding the girl over his shoulder and he's got a massive knife and his face is like a, I guess you'd call it like a skull, but but it had that, that mouth that was kind of like all, um, uh, you know, big teeth and stuff. It wasn't like, um, it was fangs. Yeah. And it was creepy as all buggery. Yeah, I believe everyone, the movie is shit. Yeah, everyone I've spoken to, has one of these covers that, you know, was the memorable one. Mine was Amityville 2. Amityville. The cover oh. with the, the, the fella that was possessed sort of And hasn't he got on like top white of, stuff Yeah, yeah he was on top of somebody else like attempting to strangle him or something and he had his, you know, this sort of expression on his face. And even, you know, I can't remember it, you know, in great detail but even having seen Amityville 2, I think the cover still scares me more than the movie. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone I've spoken to about this has has their particular one. Um, a, a friend of mine at work mentioned uh, demons. demons used to scare the crap out of him, the one that just had the head on it with yeah, the, it was all the horns of... and it was covered in crap and, mm. you know, again, fangs. and. But, yeah, everyone that I know that frequented the video store, store had had that memory of that one particular case that you didn't really want to pick up and have a look at, but every time you went into the store, you kind of had to go and have a look at it and kind of you creep didn't yourself out. You were hired either, but then you didn't want to be seen as a bit of a girl. Yeah, that, yeah. So, you know, uh, you weren't up to it, so yeah. you, you better hire that. Um, I, as far as Rock Table Blood went, I never hired it, even as I got older. But I think that basically by the time I was old enough to hire those sort of movies, that sort of stuff had been shipped and it wasn't available anymore. Mm. So You probably dodged a bullet there. I really, did. I, I did dodge a bullet. It's disappointing. Like, it's really good to look back on all this and, and the nostalgia of it and 
and what a time period it was. But you can see why these things have burned out now. Yeah, look, talking about this, it is pure nostalgia. It's pure fun, but the the world we live in is so different now, and we've got so much more information, and we can watch the trailer to any movie we want. Yeah, we know what the movie is before we even... 1,500 reviews on it yeah. before it's even come out. And as I said before, the video store is just not – it's not the most efficient way to get this stuff anymore. And even when it started to go bad for them and you could get cheaper prices, it still probably wasn't even the cheapest way to get it, you know. Yeah. So you can see why they went under. The world's just changed, but I think it was a good time to, to sit back and reflect on it because – we now are seeing kind of the last ones that were holding up go under. Yeah. They're going out of business and um, we're just about to get Netflix in Australia yeah, next, next month, month so. even though some people have been obtaining it illegally Legal, for a bit yeah. longer than that. Well, I don't even know if it's illegal actually. But anyway, yeah, I thought it, thought it was a good time to go back and, and talk and about revisit. it. And it's a good, good memories, mm. uh, great memories and they – Quite frankly, we wouldn't be here talking about movies if it hadn't been for the video. Well, it certainly um, put us on the path of enjoying film. Like the the, the I, I don't remember the cinema being the place where I started to see films in the first place. It was in on video. No, exactly. Yeah, um, early on, video store was where it was at. Hmm. That was a, a, a nice little trip down memory lane. We'll just have a quick break and come back with details for next episode. Episode six, we'll be bringing along a guest uh, to join us on the podcast, and they will pick the movie. So, the movie for next episode is a surprise for not only the people listening, but also for the pair of us. Yep, and as we've uh, said a couple of times, the idea behind the podcast is just to talk to other like-minded people about the movies that we want to watch and this is kind of introducing that theme to the podcast itself we're going to get a few of our friends along to talk about yep. movies that they like so this is going to kick it off so looking forward to that yeah send us a defensive madman if you want please um we just want to talk to people that like these movies so absolutely that's the end of the episode for us today and uh, thank you very much for listening Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.